This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hi, I'm Ann Bobby from Nightbreed and Bioshock and Suffer the Little Children in Hanover House. And I'm here to tell you that Halloween is supposed to be scary, but when you're an LGBT teenager living on the streets, every single day is scary. That's why the Scream Queens is using the annual Countdown to Halloween Marathon to raise funds for new alternatives. It's an organization dedicated to improving the lives of homeless LGBT youth in New York City. Your donation will not only help provide these kids with hot meals, housing, and medical care, but also essential long-term needs like getting a diploma, life skills training, and HIV testing. Make a donation and help make the world a less creepy place. This is Ann Bobby. I'm a scream queen. And so are you. Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome, welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 280, and that is just grady. Actually, no, it's not. It's fucking fabulous because tonight we're talking about a little movie from 1994, a little film directed by the man who is a self-proclaimed purveyor of filth. And we wouldn't have him any other way. I'm talking about John Waters. and We're talking about his 1994 pitch black comedy, Serial Mom. And I am extra moist. I'm actually pre-moistened like a towel tonight because in the studio right now, joining me are two first-time guests, Mike Johnson and Kyle Getz from Gayish, which is a fantastic little podcast that it examines what exactly does it mean when you're gay? Like, what does that mean? Like, is there a checklist? I mean, like, because I do some things, but not other things. I like some. I mean, anyway, they'll explain it better than I can. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to gay split because I'm totally gayer than that. I'm not going to gay explain their own show to them. So we'll just, 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 just hold yourself, hold yourself. Anyway, besides, we got business to deal with right now. Okay. Because all this is not just for fun and games. No, no, no. It's not just for a titter and a laugh. Because you really shouldn't have one titter. Anyway, shouldn't, they shouldn't come solo. You should always have a pair of titters because they're titter. I got nothing. Anyway, we are reaching the final stretch of the Every Day is Halloween fundraiser for new alternatives, raising money to help fight the epidemic of homelessness among queer teenagers that's happening in America right now. Out of control. To help me keep my eye on the prize, I have packed these final episodes with the finest horror homos that are out there, podcasters, people that I thought would never come on the show. All these people that are first-time guests in these next two weeks, I was terrified to ask them. The two guys sitting in the studio right now, I'm horrified that they're in there. This show is so much better than mine, and it's important. It deals with serious topics, and uh, but they're here. I'm thrilled, and I'm honored, and I'm just happy to see that they also, uh, all these people are coming together to work for one common goal, to help get these kids that were, th- many of whom were thrown out of their own homes by their own parents, almost always because of religious reasons, to get them off the streets, not just for tonight, not just for a night or two, not just give them a hot meal and set them on their way, but no, get them set up for the rest of their lives so that they can be the fabulous homosexuals like we all are. 
I mean, everybody deserves a chance to be this fabulous, right? Damn right. Okay, I'm making jokes, but did you know how quickly your average LGBT teenager, after leaving home for whatever reason, do you know how long it takes for them to try heavy narcotics for the first time? Do you know how long it takes for them to start slipping into a life of crime and prostitution? It's frighteningly quick. And like I said last year, after talking to these kids when I would volunteer down there during their dinners, they tell me their stories and I'm, saying, I'm not going to judge you. You got to do what you got to do to survive, okay? Nothing to sh- That's Scream Queen's golden rule, man. Fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel. If you have to do a little bit of hooking, I'm certainly not going to judge you for it, but not everybody's me. A lot of people not going to be as open-minded about that kind of thing as I am. But that's part of the trap. Part of the trap, part of the vicious little cycle that will keep these kids on the streets for the rest of their damn lives. Unless somebody intervenes. And that somebody is you. Okay, so you got thrown out by your family because they love God more than you. And now you're taking hard drugs to stay awake so that you don't have to go to sleep. So you don't have to worry about finding a place to sleep. You could just stay up. But of course, those drugs cost money. So, okay, so you have to turn a few tricks to pay for the drugs and get some food every now and then. Because that's the other thing when you're high on these drugs, you don't need to eat. Well, you do need to eat, but you don't want to eat. Self-medicating. I get it. Okay. But you're also not in school. You're not getting a diploma. You're not getting training. If you have any sort of mental illness or any kind of illness, it's not getting treated. You're not going to a doctor. You're not taking your meds. It's a vicious Deadly spiral, and it goes very, very quickly. And even if it doesn't kill you, it's a trap that many of these kids will never get out of. And this is weighing heavily on my mind because I stumbled across this short film. And the film is called Any Given Tuesday, directed by a guy named Trent Kendrick, who, from what I understand, had toured a facility for homeless gay kids in Los Angeles, had no idea that the problem was as bad as his as it was, and like me, said, I have to do something. I have to do something. I can't just not do anything. And since he was a filmmaker, he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a PSA. Good for you, Trent. And uh, it tells the story of a teenage boy whose parents discover that he's gay and throw him out of the house. And how he is then eaten by the city. And I'm not playing the audio for it because it's essentially a music video. It's, it's, um, it's hard to watch. And at the same time, if you don't know how bad it is out there, you're going, oh my gosh, this is so schmaltzy, man. It, it. You know, because I mean, part of it's the music. It's got that kind of in the arms of the angels, far away from you kind of feeling. And it's hard to be a sarcastic person like me and not be a cunt about it. But you're like, oh, my God, gosh, what? He's out of the house for three days and all this shit happens to this kid. Oh, come on now. Guess what? It's happening on any given Tuesday to any number of kids. And like I said, most of it's a music video, so I'm not going to play the audio for most of it, but at the end, he managed to wrangle a whole, uh, Trent Kendrick managed to wrangle a whole bunch of A-list celebrities to 
speak directly to the camera and talk about the problem. Educate people. And that's what I'm going to play. It talks about the stuff that I was just trying to talk to you about, about the drugs and stuff. And I have to tell you, I'm exhausted right now. It is much later. It's actually after midnight. It's Tuesday. Now, the show is supposed to be out on Monday, but um, I had a job for Christopher Gronlund from Not About Lumberjacks to narrate one of his stories. And, you know, it had to be done today. So I did it today and then realized, oh, he wanted me to do the other part. It's a voiceover, PSA kind of a thing like this, but with two parts and I did the wrong part. How foolish of me to just assume that I'm not playing the character that's named Susan. Of course I'd be playing Susan. I'm playing Susan. I recorded the other part. Anyway. So I didn't want to fuck up his deadline, so I've been working on that all day instead of this all day, and now I'm my brain is not working very well, and I'm yammering, so you know what? I'm going to shut up and let the famous pretty people talk. Famous pretty people like Jamie Foxx, Lisa Ling, Elton John, David Furnish, and shockingly, James Wood. A lot of this movie got me angry, and one of the things was seeing James Wood in it. Because I know what an asshole he is, what a conservative asshole he is. And at the same time, I'm going, yet yeah, he cared enough to do this. He didn't get paid for it. So anyway, let them explain what I was just trying to explain to you more eloquently than I'm going to be able to right now. Shut up, Patrick. In most parts of this country, life is still enormously difficult for kids or even perceived to be gay, lesbian, bisexual. Or transgender. They're not just bullied in schools. They're frequently made to feel unwelcome or even abandoned by their own families. One of the most popular destinations for abandoned LGBT youth is Los Angeles, where they hope their dreams might come true. But within their first seven days on the street, many who have never even tried drugs in their life will resort to substances like crystal meth just to stay awake and protect themselves. A staggering 40% of the homeless youth in Los Angeles are LGBT. That's 3,600 LGBT kids on our streets every single night. In order to survive, many of these kids are having sex for meals, money, or a place to stay. Many are even raped. All of which puts them at high risk for HIV infection and physical abuse. Too many will try to kill themselves. In fact, because of the homophobia that they face, they are four times more likely than other youth to attempt suicide. This is not okay. We can't allow this to continue happening. Which is why we've joined forces with an incredible organization that is making a difference. Together, we've got you. 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 Do you? Well, it turns out the story of Any Given Tuesday did not end with the movie because the movie itself wound up doing a hell of a lot of good because um, it was screened for Roland Emmerich, uh, you know, who directed uh, Independence Day and a bunch of other stuff like that, who was an out gay Hollywood director. And he was so moved by it that he set up this glittering celebrity fundraising gala. A big one-night event where the movie would be screened for all the Hollywood elite, all, 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 you know, Tinseltown's 
out in Broward, Queens. Showed up, you know, Jane Lynch was there. I, I can't even remember who was there. Uh, the people you'd expect to see. And it was a fundraiser for the LA Gay and Lesbian Center to build a new facility. And it's a massive facility. It's the biggest facility of its kind in the country and the most intricate and the most uh, sophisticated. They raised in one night $2.8 million. That would go a long way in helping this facility get built, this facility that cost $28 million. And I thought, that's fantastic. That's fantastic that they did that. And I said, wait a minute. Oh, my God. You need a facility that large to deal with the number of gay kids in one city? Holy shit. It's the size of a city block. That's how many kids you have? And then I got mad again. Because I'm looking at all these Hollywood people smiling in the photos and going, you only coughed up 2.8 million. There's hundreds of you. You could wrangle up $300 million to make an absolute garbage piece of celluloid movie that, that'll be forgotten by next summer, but you can only manage to wrangle up a couple of, only spare a couple of thousand or whatever. whatever. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm bitter. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. I'm angry. It's great that they've done this. It's great that it's there. I hate that it's needed. I hate that that building is needed. And I'm just going to talk about them for a while. Because like I said, if you're not in New York, I understand. You're like, oh, I don't want to care about kids in another city. Fine. If you're in LA, donate to them. Because... I hate to think that you're out there thinking that things are fine. Because if you you know look at TV and stuff, it looks pretty good for us. Hey, you know, every show's got a some kind of queer character on now, right? Yep. Often positively portrayed. Same-sex marriage isn't as taboo as it used to be. It's getting pretty commonplace. And what a great time to be gay. But yet, there's this backlash being taken out on the young people. And these kids are falling through the cracks and nobody's paying attention. Well, not enough people are paying attention. And it's one thing to have this little movie where you have all these multimillionaires sitting there going, we got you, we got you, we got you, we got you, we got you. Of course, you can help me out with your pocket change. And at that end of that string, the kid looked at the kid that the movie's about, looked at the camera and just said, do you? To the audience, and I'm wondering, do you have you got their backs? And yeah, and I could sit here and I could be all cynical about the Hollywood celebrities giving their pocket change, tell the little homeless kids. But then I realized that's exactly what I was begging you to do in the last episode. I was begging you for a dollar, to send in a dollar about what good a dollar would do. And remember that episode I did. When I came back after my hiatus last summer, when I came back in the fall, had that episode about turning it out. That I realized that, you know, when I start to get like this, when uh, the bitter citizen, the bitter cynic in me starts to come out. And problems seem insurmountable to just take that energy and turn it out. Turn it out. Make it good. Do something good for somebody. And I'm struggling with that right now. 
but that's only because I'm overtired. Anyway, you know what to do. I need you to go to bit.ly slash sqpodna, which of course stands for Scream Queens Podcast New Alternatives. And if you prefer to use Facebook, please do that. There's one for that too, bit.ly slash sqpodfb, Scream Queens Podcast Facebook. And I will tell you again, you don't need to remember that because it's right there in the show notes. It's right there on the screen of your phone. And make sure it's an active link, so all you got to do is click on it. And just like I, I said to the kids at New Alternatives that were telling me about the things that they had to do to survive, that I'm not going to judge you for doing what you needed to do to get through. I'm also not going to judge you if you don't have the millionaire's portion to donate. You know, that, that, the, what you think is the equivalent of that. If all you've got is a dollar, that dollar, when it joins forces with all the other dollars that people are putting in, can make some magic. All right, you know what? That's enough of that for now. Okay. You know who's not going to deal with the problem of teenage gay homelessness very well? Beverly Sutphin. That's who. Because the home is sacred and the home needs to be protected and perfect at all times. And if anybody made fun of her gay kid, she would kill the shit out of him. That's what would happen. So what I'm going to do right now, I think you know what I'm going to do. I, (laughs) there are people to thank. There are plenty of people who donated between the last episode and this one. I have rambled enough for now. I am tired of listening to myself talk. Yes, believe it or not, I'm tired of listening to myself talk. And there's lots of other things I need to get through tonight. So. Their donations are going. Well, I mean, their donations are going somewhere. The money went somewhere, but the you can all wait. You can all wait a couple of days to get thanked. You'll get thanked. Most of you've been thanked online, anyhow. Your public adoration will come. Fear not. Fear not. The only reason you should be fearing right now is if you're wearing white shoes because it's December for God's sakes, and the rules of fashion have not changed. I'm gonna bring on Michael Johnson. I'm gonna bring on Kyle Getz, and I'm gonna bring on their buttholes, which are almost as famous as they are. You'll find out more about that later, but first, you're going to have to take a listen to the trailer for Serial Mom! And most of all, we are going to get super duper gay-ish. And most of all, we are going to get super duper gay-ish. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hold it! Do not move! Nobody go anywhere and do not play that trailer. Yes! Yes, it is I, Flem, Flem the Gargoyle. Slaughterer of millions. Emperor of agony. And ruler of the underwire. Yes, I know what I said. You thought I was going to say underworld, but no, I meant underwire. I'm that little sharp wire poking you in your boob right now. Yes, because I had to come and interrupt the program once again. Because Mr. Patrick is all tiny and cranky and he forgot to mention that this particular interview segment was not recorded using Squadcast. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, no. They had to use Skype because the internet connection was bad. And oh, boy, does this sound like shit. It is not Mr. Mike's fault. It's not Mr. Kyle's fault either. 
but you can really hear the sound resonating in their buttholes, but that's not the point right now, because if we had been able to use Squadcast, we would not be having this conversation right now. And I would be curled up in bed, watching TV, munching on Smoochie's used kitty litter, like I would be on any given Tuesday. But no. Squadcast, of course, offers remote recordings for professional podcasters, blah, 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 blah. I'm an affiliate marketer. I'm so great. He's such a great affiliate marketer. He never gives you the damn code. But you, my little piglet. You better listen up because I, Flim, Flim, Flim the Gargoyle. I am going to tell you how it is. I am going to make you offers. I am going to give you the deep scoop. I give you a deep scoop while I shit in your mouth, baby. But yes, yes, yes. Here's the dealio. If you go down there and use the little linky that Patrick keeps forgetting to tell you about, not only do you get a seven-day free trial of the Squadcast app, if you use the code HOLIDAY19, I, Flim, Flim, will give you 50% off your first month of Squadcast when you sign up. <laughs> I'm so evil. I'm so evil. <laughs> Wait. I would also like to say that Squadcast is not affiliated with Flamby Gargoyle or Satan in any way. However, since Mr. Patrick is being all cranky poo-poo pants and all crying in his pillow right now, I just changed the code for his affiliate link. And from now on, if you want to save for Squadcast, the way to do it <laughs> is bit.ly slash Flem Squad. <coughs> the people at Squadcast are going to know what the fuck is going on, and I like it. All right, you know what? I'm tired of talking to you. You're ugly, you smell weird, I'm not eating your flesh, and also, you're all really gay. So please go away, die, and listen to the trailer for the movie about the lady who's made out of breakfast cereal or something. Humans are weird. Life doesn't have to be ugly. Look at the birds out there. Listen to their call. Ooh-wee. This is the story of Beverly Sutphin. Scramble eggs, anybody? A devoted mother. I'm so happy I could chip. You know how I hate the brown word. A loving wife. I think the kids are awake. We could be very quiet. I'm ready. Honey, you're hot tonight. And a suspected murderer. Oh, kids, are you doing your homework? How did America's number one mom turn into one of America's most wanted? Is she really guilty? Are you a serial killer? Chip, the only serial I know anything about is Rice Krispies. Is she the only one with a motive? Believe that damn litter bugger. Give her a happy face. Or is there someone else? I'm stood up. I'll kill that jerk. With an axe to grind. Oh. You'll never get a boyfriend. Meanwhile, this small Baltimore suburb Please. keeps getting smaller ah. and smaller. It's been a crazy day, hasn't it? Savoy Pictures asks the burning question... Is your wife mental? Is Beverly Sutphin just a sweet suburban housewife? I don't know what it is about today, but I feel great. 
Or is she? Serial mom. Kathleen Turner, Sam Waterston, and Ricky Lake. Serial Mom. Every woman wants to be wanted. Just not for Murder One. Beverly, I've read all about this. Is it menopause? Bad of the ball. Bad of the ball. So there comes a time in every Halloween potathon where it's time to just take a step back from the straight up nonstop terror and take a look at something that's, you know, a little lighter fare, something a little fluffier, maybe something that's not going to make you want to put your head in the garbage disposal or anything like that. So you, know, you want to look at something that's horror-ish and maybe Halloween-ish. And that's what we're going to do tonight. And what better guests to have on than the hosts of a podcast that is, by definition, gay-ish. And so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, may I introduce to you the hosts of the gayest podcast, Mike Johnson and Kyle Gass! was an enthusiastic entrance. Thank you. You're welcome. That's our time. Goodbye. <laughs> My afternoon section came in like queefs. It was just like... <laughs> <laughs> I am so delighted to have you guys here. I love your show. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I, yeah. it's like, I, I joke, like I listened for... It's, like, it's the only show I listened for five minutes and I learned everything I needed to know about your buttholes ever. <laughs> you more than anyone needs to know about my butthole is in that podcast. It's, it's amazing, but you know you guys are so open about everything. But instead of me going on, why don't you tell everybody what goes on at the Gayish podcast? What are you guys about? So Gayish is about gay stereotypes. How there are things that gay guys do, or that everyone thinks that gay guys do, and and uh, those stereotypes don't always necessarily fit all the time. I don't watch musicals and my brother loves to dance. Like there's all kinds of stereotypes that really have nothing to do with your sexual orientation. Wait, and we try to wait. break at least one down every time. Wait, hold on a second. You don't like musicals? I don't. Get the fuck off my show. <laughs> no, I'm lying. <laughs> no, I like sit your ass. Sit your, sit, sit your tight ass right down. Sit it right down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm lying. I do like musicals. But the, the point is liking musicals doesn't make you gay and not liking them doesn't make you not gay. No, it doesn't. The only thing that makes you gay is having sex with dudes, if you're a dude. Oh. <laughs> then I've been doing it wrong. No, just kidding. No, I think you should no, try you're, it you're sometime. Show, your show is so fresh, so funny, and you guys are so open about everything in a way that's just so natural and unforced. I love it. I love that kind of just transparency and just so casual about everything and not preachy either. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, Mike and I have been friends for a long time, so um, hopefully that's where, you know, when we're just talking to each other, we can share a lot. And then I guess, I don't know, we let other people listen to it as well. But yeah, it's like a conversation between the two of us just about what we do a different uh, gay stereotype every episode 
Patrick, I forgot to ask, is this a cussing show? Oh, <laughs> fuck yes, it is. Okay, great. I love that word. So, yeah, I mean, Kyle and I, we, we think it's really interesting that we don't have a lot of role models out there that two gay guys can be friends and not fucking. And that's that's just not true. You can have an, a healthy, intimate relationship with another gay guy and and not necessarily be sleeping together. Bone in. Yeah. Yep. Yep. To put it as bluntly as possible. Yeah, I love that. And the, your last episode at the time of this recording was so suspenseful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike try Mike had only done poppers once before in his life, so we did like live And uh, it didn't go well. And it didn't go well. <laughs> we, it was really weird to like be doing that and then be like, "Okay, let me take another poppers and now let's talk about the history of poppers." Or it's try like, to talk about what well, the thing was amazing. I'm sitting in McDonald's listening to it going, "I might hear Mike die." On the air, <laughs> they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have posted the episode if he died, right? I would. No, that'd be radio. <laughs> I would have absolutely posted it and tried to score sympathy or something. <laughs> no, but then, then it's like that. You guys are trying to do a show, and the more poppers you did, the more it descended into craziness. But the more it descended into craziness, the better the show got. So it was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, we, I mean, every episode, I think we do better after three or four cocktails. So, you know, <laughs> well, poppers is just another route man. to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You kept asking if he was okay after the 15th time he asked for another hit of poppers, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I Mike's doing okay. I think he's all right. <laughs> I turned so red. I turned so red. Like People were very concerned about my health. Yeah. <laughs> Like the person comes yeah. running out of the audience with a glass of water. Uh, and Big Fatty's just waiting like. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was probably doing poppers in the back. He passes out. He's mine. <laughs> Bless his heart. Anyway, the movie that we're here to talk about is John Waters' classic Serial Mom. Yeah. Which I have to say is actually a good match for you guys because the movie itself is gayish. It's got a very queer sense of to it yet there's nothing overtly gay about it yeah plot wise i mean if by that you mean a sort of cute dude masturbates on screen yeah that's that's, (laughs) it's not not gay to the biggest tits i've ever seen oh but you know what i've seen that movie that he's watching (laughs) yeah she's playing a spy and she's got a camera in her tits so every time she's hefting up her tits she's taking a picture (laughs) it's a terrible busty malone or whatever her name is my god chesty yeah I Chesty, think the, yeah, Chesty, Chesty Morgan, right? Of course. How could I forget? Busty Malone. Okay. Busty, Malone. Okay. Busty Malone is the gangster version. <laughs> <laughs> um, gangster, I think the, not gangsta. <laughs> I think the gayest part about this was the glory hole. Marvin yeah. Pickles. Yes. Which, by the way, had he had one of your 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 doorknob signs <laughs> with the instant glory hole, it would have been a lot easier for him. Yeah, he he could have. We have uh, portable glory holes that we uh, now have on stock to hand out <laughs> as needed. And it's just basically a piece of paper with a hole in it. Anywhere it could be a glory hole. I have not seen this movie in a long time, and it was such a treat revisiting it. I Well, if we want to get into it, we had very different opinions about it. So oh, I have a lot to I, say. I I loved it. I loved it so much from the first scene. Like I could, oh, it was so good. I, I am obsessed with this movie now. I love it. <laughs> so you and I are just going to have a quote off for the next hour and we'll, do- <laughs> you, you might win because I don't, I have a terrible memory, so I don't remember anything anyone said, but I do know that I loved it. Honey, it's my show. I'm going to win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> okay. I didn't, 
I didn't hate it. Like that. I don't want. Well, I don't want that to be the message that comes but across. But I think I just, at the end you were like, I hated it. <laughs> I think you have said that. <laughs> Let Mike speak. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I've been thinking about it since, and I, I would like to revise my position from hating it to um, h- hating it in a way that makes me think I might actually like it. Uh huh. That's John <gasps> Waters. Biden. That's John Waters for you. And this is actually this is my first John Waters movie. Also, uh, I was looking through uh, his his, okay. his career and trying to figure out like who the fuck is this guy? Do I know anything about him? And no, I don't. Like <laughs> I just know him as the Flasher in the remake of Hairspray. Yes, yes, yes. But of course, he's the person who wrote the original Hairspray. So, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a he's a weirdo, and he's unapologetic. And this is actually his most one of his more both less weird outwardly offensive movies <laughs> more mainstream more palatable yes i mean nobody actually eats dog poop on camera in this film wow okay that's a plus <laughs> yeah, yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's pink flamingos that's what made him famous is the movie where divine dog shit off the ground for real wow i have i have a lot to watch <laughs> I have, there's a lot ahead of me <laughs> yeah he's an acquired taste so yeah if you're not used to the humor of don waters you, you might you might <laughs> Not, you, you might have to adjust a bit. Yeah, that, I'm not fond of that scene but or that movie, but uh, I'm more of a female trouble kind of guy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The movie, too. What? Nothing. Oh, nothing. I just enjoyed this. Just, well, let's just talk about the cast for a minute. Kathleen Turner. Okay, amazing. Kathleen Turner was fucking amazing. I loved her in this movie. I think she did a fantastic job. Might be the only person that I think was acting her ass off uh, in the film. You don't think Ricky Lake was killing it? <laughs> Medium-sized Ricky Lake. Yes. <laughs> Young Ricky Lake. Greetings, you pathetic, useless losers. Yes, it is I, Flem, Flem de Gargoyle. Ancient evil. Spawn of Satan. Prolific line dancer. And also editor of this stupid show. First of all, I want to say I am very pissed off that Kyle and Mike have been on the show for almost 10 minutes now and no one has offered to show me their butthole. I've heard so much about them, boys. Now I want to see them. Show me your buttholes! So I can kill them. I don't know how that would work yet, but I would kill your buttholes. I would kill them in the butthole. But, but... This is a time where Patrick really should have embraced the fact that his guests were not familiar with the works of John Waters and probably should have pointed out that John Waters' films have their very own acting style. John Waters even went so far in his earlier movies to give his actors line readings so that everything came out the same way, so it's elevated speech set in a very specific way. So as a matter of fact, the actors in this movie not only are nailing the John Waters acting style, but they are elevating it to A-lister status. So they are killing it. Killing it, Mike and Kyle. Killing it like I'm going to do to your tight, 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 not so tight for long buttholes. I have a boner now, so we're going to go back to the show. Okay, bye. Kathleen Turner does crazy face better than anyone I've seen. Like, you could just see in her face that I just... She did that so well. Yeah, you can see she's having a ball, and she is just radiant in this part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she it, was absolutely the standout. Actually, before we get further into the details, there's a little game that we play here. Okay. Uh-huh. It's a tradition that I force upon my guests, and okay. uh, I think I'm going to make Kyle do it. 
Okay. okay, I was worried about this. The uh, password because, is because he's gonna, <laughs> because he's the more likely to freak out. Okay, Kyle, I need you to give me a nice, tight, thirty-second back of the DVD plot summary of Serial Mom. Don't give me the whole story. Pitch me the script. You have thirty seconds. The clock starts now. Okay, Serial Mom is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the that they play on the TV um, where a mom who seems like she has all her shit together um, ends up going on a serial murdering spree when people break the tiniest of rules or faux pas I will accept that well done. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to give things away but that's no, my no, best summary no that's fine that's fine and you didn't panic well done well done I did a little bit but <laughs> that's my everyday I know Oh, I was being nice. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I need what it. What a freak. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I was almost crying. Did you hear that? No. As it was going crazy as Kathleen Turner. Hooey. Hooey. Oh, God. Life doesn't have to be ugly. See? Look at the birds out there. Listen to their call. Hooey. Hooey. One of the things I love about this movie is I saw this on Long Island with my friend Michael K. Loon from high school. Sold out audience on opening night. And we're about 10 minutes in and we're laughing at everything. And the people in front of us turned around and shushed us and said, oh, my God, how can you laugh at this? This is a true story. This really happened. Oh, God, you're right. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and and I, I thought that for a while. Like it said at the beginning of the movie. Do you remember, Kyle? Yeah. Like it, it, it says something like you know, all of this actually happened. And. Um, nobody, no, none of the, none of the, none of the criminals were paid. Um, it, it goes through this whole spiel, but it's sort of believable. And, um, so it, I, I was definitely evaluating for the first 15 minutes, whether I thought that was bullshit or not. And yeah, it's, it's bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's total bullshit. None of this has happened yet. Yeah. And so we're really quiet. And just, there were two points in the movie where we just bust, like busted out howling, laughing. And we were the only people who laughed except for one guy in the back. And that's how I knew where the other gay people were. <laughs> <laughs> one was my Franklin Mint Fabergé egg. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and the other one was Marvin Pickles writing I sniff jurors underpants above the glory hole. Most times I turn around in the background, I'm like, hey, girl, I do. <laughs> this movie was so like surprisingly funny i did not expect that out of this movie like i didn't know what i was expecting going into it um mm. but it, yeah it was like suspenseful and so funny and i didn't see where i was going the entire time weirdly joyful yeah for a movie about murdering people it's really really quite sunny about it <laughs> although i feel like the message is like kind of disturbing and and is relevant today as everyone's getting into like true crime podcasts and everything of like the admiration and kind of idolization of serial killers then uh -huh. is like a, just a weird cultural trend. And if you really think about what you're doing, it's, it's really fucked up. And, and at the end of this movie, it kind of made it so she got off from what she was doing. So it's kind of the pitfalls of that. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie sucks. It and the movie sucks you into all of that. You're every time she knocks down a witness, you're like, "Yay, she's getting away with it! Yay, she's getting..." Wait, what am I cheering for? She, yeah. We watched her do all of these horrible things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yes, exactly. all of those people were horrible. Yeah. And kind of deserved it. Yeah. 
but no, it's bad. So, so society says bad, but it's just a movie. Or is it? Who knows? Anyway, I love this movie. I think it's a hoot. I think her performance is fantastic. Or Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst. I, that's the other thing that, that John uh, Waters is great for is random cameos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Patty Hearst shows up. Tracy Lords, the porn star, shows up. Bess Armstrong shows up for no reason. It's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, it was really cool to, to see. And then I just... You know that that it had to end that way. You know what I mean? It like that it just had to end that way to make any sense. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. She, she gets acquitted and then and then has to kill again before she even gets out of the building. You can't wear white shoes after Labor Day. That's not true anymore. Yes, it is. Didn't your mother ever tell you? Ah! Ah! Now you know. No, please. Fashion has changed. No, it hasn't. I mean, come on, white shoes after Labor Day? <laughs> I'm only gay-ish, and even I know that's a no-no. <laughs> uh, but oh, after Labor Day until when? I mean, right now is after Labor Day from last year. Technically, every day is after until Labor Memorial Day. Day. Until Memorial Day. It's until su- Memorial Day. It's a summer Day. thing. You wear white shoes in the summer. That's it. Okay. Okay. See, I'm I'm learning so much from you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> This is why we're here, right? Exactly. Where's yes, it's, it's, we're here to learn. It's a learning podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you're right about all this stuff. It is a great social commentary about this idolization of serial killers, which you know wasn't as big a thing then, but is definitely, as you said, a huge thing now. But I, I also think as a gay person, there are whole neighborhoods in Seattle that are just filled with happy, straight white people. And I don't go to those neighborhoods because those people are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I only go there that you kill them so. <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy uh-huh. like, everything's perfect and wow you're just content with your life and you just go to your job and you like it and then you go feed your family that's like i yeah i don't get it because yeah don't the happier you are you know the sicker <laughs> shit they're into deep that's down true. at some Absolutely. point there's something twisted going on there and i can speak from experience i got one of those in my family they're perfect yeah. perfect they're all fucked up every single <laughs> one of them is just severely fucked up it's they look like, perfect from the outside. The closer you look, you're like, you're all very disturbed little people. Yeah, it's like <laughs> everyone's fucked up. So if you don't see it, then you just are spending more time trying to hide it. And that means it's going to fuck you up even more because you're trying to hide it. It's festering. Yeah, exactly. It's festering. Oh, I was so happy that Joan Rivers showed up, too. Serial hags. Women who love men who mutilate. We'll be right back after this. Joan Rivers. Wait, she was on the TV and interviewing the oh, serial that's right, hags. That's right, that's right, that's right. Oh, uh, it, yeah, we, we were, we're sitting there and somebody said, I wonder if that was a real episode of that show. It, it was not. It was not. It she was filmed not. it for that. Yes. Filmed it for the movie. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I miss her. Yeah, I miss her, too. There's just like it, it, it takes art to be to make a like to make a career out of being a bitch. Is, uh-huh. is, and still have people like you. Yeah. Still have people like you. Exactly right. Exactly. Uh, One can dream. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're trying. <laughs> um, the other person I want to talk about in this movie, among many, is Mink Stoll. Mink Stoll plays Dottie Henkel. Yep. Yep. Mink Stoll is a Joan Waters regular. She's in pretty much all, all of his movies. And what she's known for is having like a string. At some point in the movie, she'll have this string of unadulterated profanity. Yep. 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 <laughs> and she um, so, this is Henkel. Are you insane? No, I'm not, you motherfucker! You lousy pig fucker! You bitch! You ugly whore! 
A quick correction. I read the Wikipedia article just prepare for this interview because that's, you know, that's the right uh, thing to do. Right. And uh, she's been in every John Waters movie it, where she has been in all where he's the writer director. Uh, she and then one other uh, rando um, are the only two that have been in every single one of them. OK. OK. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch, I'll cut you. <laughs> I, I just beat you up after class. <laughs> uh, sorry, daddy. <laughs> Please, no, uh, I've had enough of that this week. Thank you. <laughs> got somebody chasing me. I'm just like, please stop calling me that. The more you call me that, the less attracted I am to you. Thank you. No, the, the whole Dottie Henkel plot line makes me so blissfully happy. The thing is, after I, I remember renting this when I was still living at home, and I watched this with my parents, and both of them were howling at this movie, and they are so conservative. Yeah. My parents thought this was hilarious, including all the shit with Dottie Henkel and the profanity. Well, speaking and of seen phone calls. Is this a cocksucker residence? God damn you, stop calling here. Isn't this 4215 pussy way? You bitch! Now let me check the zip code. 2125. Speaking of conservatives, I feel like that could be a good like metaphor for uh, uh, Democrats in the United States these days, right? That like the, the right wing is just driving us fucking crazy and we're all just one step away from unloading on them in a, a, a epithet riddled diatribe and uh-huh. uh, dropping an air conditioner on them exactly, <laughs> exactly but but like we've all been there like that person that just picks and picks and picks and picks and picks and then pretty soon you fucking explode in their oh, yeah. shit right oh yeah, oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and then you eat it because you're divine <laughs> where are yeah, my poppers <laughs> um, oh, by yeah, the way, that, back to the Poppers episode. Sorry, just to oh, yeah. just like what was great when you guys hit, did the first hit of Poppers. I don't know if you caught it, but like in, just in the back, in the deepest background, you can barely hear it. But there's a sound kind of like a creaky, like a it's. Well, you can actually hear your buttholes opening up, but it sounds like a rusty door hinge. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the most my butthole opens is just a tiny crack. Like the door was just ajar. Stop so, bragging. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a curse more than a gift. Yeah, but it's but it's got a pet door in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Come and go as you please. <laughs> uh, it doesn't open much, but a, a great Dane can get what? through. you don't know me Um, (laughs) maybe you Um, that was the most rewarding like kind of 360 like storyline is when like she's just cursing as loudly as she can and like no one could understand her and she looked like the bad guy it was just like so fulfilling to watch that Uh uh-huh like i love the scenes with the obscene phone calls themselves because again kathleen turner is having a fucking ball (laughs) yeah yeah the police are tracing this call this very minute well Dottie hinkle then why aren't they here huh fuck face fuck you (laughs) saying all these horrible obscene things and then covering the microphone being like (laughs) (laughs) is this a cocksucker residence or whatever she says (laughs) listen to the mouth on you you fucking whore <laughs> what exactly does this sick individual say to you? I can't say the words out loud. I don't use bad language. Oh, well, I know it's difficult, but we need to know the exact words. I'll try. Cocksucker. That's what she calls me. Listen to your filthy mouth, you fucking whore! God damn you! It's funny now. <laughs> That's the thing with John Waters movies is that these tend to be funny later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now that I kind of like get what's going on, I bet rewatching it, it like I would get it even more and it'd be. Even yeah. More and he has, a, he has a thing with his writing. He writes these really stilted lines 
that are his style. Like when she has a scene like when she thinks she's talking to the police and Dot Hankles is like, I'm a divorced woman. Please help me. I understand you are having problems with an obscene phone caller. Yes, I am. I'm sorry, Mrs. Wilson, but this is driving me crazy. I've had my number changed twice already. I'm a divorced woman. Please help me. <laughs> That's funny on the surface, but it gets funnier the more you repeat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. that nobody would ever say. Well, question, just because this happened in the movie, have you ever heard or walked in on your parents boning? Uh, heard, yes. Walked in on mercifully, no. I have ne- my parents are good Christian parents. That's not true. They're not religious, but they act like it because they I've never I don't think they have sex. A story about that. We used to go camping all the time in a, a camper like it's like an RV, but it's one that you put on the back of a pickup truck. And oh, sure. Yep, yep, like, yep. That, that, that's that's what we, we used anyway. So my brothers and I would sleep in a tent and mom and dad would sleep in the camper. But there was a short in the light that was like the, you know, the back porch light. Mm-hmm. And they would bone and the light would flash on and on. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and it's why I don't like camping today. And then you I became like gay. I don't like stroboscopes. I don't like any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have epilepsy. I just don't like them. Don't ask me why. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the the house was a rockin' in that movie, and it it made me uncomfortable to like. <laughs> He's trying to get her to shut up, and she's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, honey, you're hot tonight. Oh, yeah. Quiet. Oh, yeah. And then eventually he just gives in. He's like, all right. I guess that's kind of like the rest of the movie, too. Like, he's just kind of like trying to keep her at bay. And then eventually it's like, well, I'm about to come. So this is no contained in her. There's no contained in her. No, sir. No, sir. And I love that we don't get a lot of backstory either. Yeah. Like how long this has been going on or yeah, that's or true. anything like it. We just get plopped in the middle of it and it's, we find everything that we need to know. And it's just it's fucking joyful. It's just watching her go back and forth. There is a scene where Sam Waterston, who plays her husband, tells her that they won't be able to go on this bird watching trip that she's mm-hmm. been looking forward to because she loves birds. And because he has to go for an emergency dental appointment because he's a dentist and She's like, oh, I'm, okay, that, that's fine. And she walks out of the room and she just, her face just contorts into like angry, crazy face. Yeah. She walks into her son's room to wake him up and she just like leans and just like screams, trap into his face. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. But the birds will still be there next week. It's okay. I understand. I'll go fix breakfast. Mom, what's the matter? Oh, it's just time to get up, that's all. The ones should be late for work. He scared me. <laughs> and then immediately back to June Cleaver. She, like, was so good about, like, snapping right back to, like, and then she's, and that, like, that, I think, like, she needed to, she as an actress made that at all, like, all work because, like, who can go right from screaming in her son's ear, waking him up to be, she's like, this is normal. What do you mean? It's time uh-huh. for school. Let's go. Like, uh-huh. yeah, it, it was insane. My perception was you mentioned like we didn't get the backstory. It seemed to me like this was building up and building up. And we just caught the first like I made an assumption that this was the first murder, like or the first like the murder started here Mm -hmm. because it seemed like it kept snowballing and snowballing. But it was because like, well, that person saw me. So now I have to do that. And that person did. So like 
it was kind of a chain reaction that brought her to the end versus like she kills people every now and then just for funsies. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is a story that doesn't need it and it would have gotten bogged down really. And in the hands of another filmmaker, it would be all backstory. <laughs> if it yeah. got remade, please don't. <laughs> well, how did she get there? What was she like as a kid? Nobody cares. Oh, yeah. Nobody it cares. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see her kill shit. And I love that she's tormenting Dottie Hankel over not getting a parking space in front of Joanne's fabrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, that, all the little is, things, her little quirks is, and idiosyncrasies were like so delightful and just minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I loved it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm supposed to go see Barry Manilow. He's on Broadway right now. Yeah. And if he doesn't play Daybreak, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> you know, I'm fraternity brothers with his husband. I could oh, I could really? put in a word for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And if those if the women with the camel toes on their sewn into their pants can show up, that would be great, too. <laughs> that was fucking disturbing. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the band is uh, L7, right? But yes, in, yes. I forget what their name was in the movie. It was hilarious. Camel uh, lips or camel, camel, something like that. Yeah, I think it's camel lips. <laughs> it was camel lips. Oh, my God. It's so disturbing. <laughs> this movie was my introduction to the concept of camel toe by the way as well so <laughs> wow so wait were you gay before the movie yes okay it, 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 that's not this what, just reinforced that that didn't, that didn't turn you <laughs> no no it yeah. just dug it just dug the hole deeper and then buried me <laughs> yeah and see now yeah. we're talking about poppers again deep hole um, <laughs> <laughs> why is everybody looking at me <laughs> <laughs> you know what you did i I do know what I did. I'm doing it right now. What are you talking about? The camera's off. Nobody knows anything. Her friend, I like to. I don't remember the, the woman who doesn't recycle. Mrs. Ackerman. Do you recycle? No. That oh, yeah. woman was on every sitcom ever. Yeah. What was up with her eyes in this movie? Is she know. like, does she have hemochromatomia in real life? Or was that a, was that a, um, a decision by John Waters? I'm assuming I'm that she look does. That up. That, I don't know, but I don't know. She was in the original production of Hello Dolly. I learned today. Well, hello oh. Dolly. She, out of all of the ones that she killed, she was the one that I most, I mean, obviously no one well, deserved she, to be killed. She didn't kill her though, but she didn't. No, she oh. she embarrassed her at the trial because she didn't recycle. Uh, yeah, she she deserved to be killed the most out of anyone, I think, because she was just the annoying neighbor. You can't just walk into someone's house. No, you can't just walk into someone's house. You can't go switching the stickers at a swap meet either. Exactly. Not even it's for not even it's for a point if it's for a portrait of Don fucking nuts because he's the coolest. <laughs> fucking Don nuts. He's the coolest. She saved two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, my, one of my favorite parts, it, it's this whole string where they're going to church and they're being followed by like 90 police cars. It's announced on the radio, like, we have a suspect and it's local resident Beverly Sutton. And they pull up next to some family and she just looks over the car and smiles and waves and the family just looks at them and screams. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, 
would never happen in real life. Get your shit together, John Waters. <laughs> no, he doesn't work in real life. <laughs> the, the rest of the movie, dead accurate. But, but <laughs> this is the one okay. announcing the suspect's this name on the radio. No, that's true. That would, would never happen. No, that would never happen. No, they would get sued in an inch of their lives. But, but the other thing I wonder about, there's also the scene in the church where she sneezes and the booger lands in the baby's face. I'm like, Tim! That kid has grown up now. Be like, did you see me in the movie? I was in a movie. I was baby booger face. <laughs> that was <laughs> the largest snot ball I've ever seen <laughs> in any movie or real life. That was a, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Oh, I, I just loved how it all connected. Like these little things, like small decisions, small things that happened that then like stirred everyone up. And that like, cause that's how she got a, ended up getting away briefly. Like, you know, everyone's on edge waiting for something to happen, and it turns out to be a blasted <laughs> snot ball that stirred it all up. It's just insane. And you're right, though. That kid. I mean, th- this movie is 25 years old this year. Yeah. So th- that kid might be hot now. <laughs> <laughs> and he might have a really weird fetish that he doesn't completely understand. Like <laughs> <laughs> a loogie in my face. Why do I like being sneezed on? <laughs> Oh, no. It's like um, the son in How I Met Your Mother turns out he's hot now. So it's really weird if you watch How I Met Your Mother and it's like, you're too young, but you're going to turn into something very beautiful. Oh, OK. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Just just like Shark Boy, right? And you yeah. <laughs> just like Shark Boy. <laughs> and it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is John Waters. It's supposed to be weird, right? And it's Scream Queens. It's always weird here. So welcome. Perfect. This is where the weird kids live. So <laughs> you picked the right guests this time. You're welcome. And this is everybody's favorite scene. So I have to acknowledge it. Hush now. Mommy's watching Annie. Come on, lick mommy's feet. Get them all wet. And the sorrow. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> The most disturbing part is that when I had a dog, I would let him do that. So I can't really, I can't really complain too much about it. But fuck, that was weird. To watch somebody else doing it. Mike's feet, get them all nice and wet. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, not that creepy about it. Mostly, it was yeah. when he wanted me to take him for a walk. He would. He like he knew that that would get me moving. But um, stop it! Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> Is there a non-creepy way? You said not in a creepy way. Is there a non-creepy way for your dog to lick your feet? Um, nope. You're right. I retract that. Yeah. Okay. Just, <laughs> all right. All right. We're clarifying things. Okay. No, I love that whole scene. I love that it's Annie. I love it. It's the whole thing. That whole scene is very like traditional John Waters in that it's got the gross out factor of the feet licking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody being really happy, like this kind of kinky thing, and it's I just love it. I love that she uses a lamb chop. I love everything. It's just <laughs> yeah, but like like selects that. Like just for panache, right? Like she picks up the knife and then is like, "No, yeah. that's what I want yeah. to kill that bitch with," and then picks uh-huh. up the rack of lamb instead. And that's leg of lamb. the writing I thought was so good. I thought it was a little long. I think, and then and then down. fed it to the and then fed it to the dog. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was which is which is a nod to a classic, one of the classic old time radio mystery episodes. It's one of the most famous ones. Is that some a woman kills her husband with a leg of lamb? Oh, and yeah. then when the police are investigating, she's serving it to them. Yeah, and yep. it's like the one piece of evidence, and they ate it. Yeah, no murder weapon, don't yeah. no murder, right? Right. Um, yeah, the fact when she picked, when she picked the 
like you know it, it's just like all the he did so well at like setting up expectations then flipping them on you like which is like it was such great writing so like you know picking up the knife and then picking the lamb chop was it was just a yeah. know, such a good decision yeah 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 and then like that scene when scotty is killed on stage is actually when it crosses into genuinely disturbing that was yeah that was <laughs> like you have a, a whole crowd like, cheering while you're burning to death yeah that was like the most disturbing part i think because it kind of reminds me of like you know i don't know like is it walmart where people like push each other over to death or or like things where like we accident like accidents happen we don't even know that someone's dead and you like keep going on like that seemed really plausible that someone could actually die on stage and at that ridiculous concert everyone's like yeah cool that's fine yeah or the crowd is uh-huh. like oh awesome pyrotechnics man yeah. it's like a kiss concert yeah, yeah. great yeah I was impressed with the fact that Suzanne Summers couldn't even play Suzanne Summers very well. <laughs> yeah. All I ask is that you find me innocent of these terribly untrue charges. <laughs> totally. like how, are you, how are you not convincing as yourself? How do you pull that off? Maybe because you're not selling anything. You're not selling that you know, three-way <laughs> pound show or whatever the fuck she had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, her, her natural state is mugging, I think. Like, <laughs> but, but it's a perfect choice it's a perfect john waters choice suzanne summers is gonna play this role <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder how he got her to do that because it's so sort of deprecating in a way right like you're the, you're the type of bitch that would do this is how does he sell that to her she knows <laughs> I, i'm telling you she knows did she did a broadway show called the, the the girl in the white cadillac okay which is a one-woman show all about her and you know she made her screen debut in the movie american graffiti as the girl in the white Cadillac and she did most of the show walking around dressed in a white Cadillac outfit and it was just like it was it lasted for one night everybody makes fun of it and she's like I knew that was going to happen but everybody's talking about it huh. Interesting. she knows genius. what she's doing I, I didn't know that she was so savvy uh-huh <laughs> does she know she's being smart <laughs> I don't know. well hey she's made a gabillion dollars over the fucking thigh master so she's I mean, not stu- she's not she's not dumb <laughs> she's not Something's dumb happening correctly or she has for- an excellent handler Ooh, I do too. <laughs> That's more of a fondler. <laughs> <laughs> and the son, who basically his one acting move was like grimace, like that was his one well, cape the, skill. That's how he got the role of Shaggy, though. Uh huh. And he was in. Was he in Scream as well? He was in Is Scream. That... Yeah. I, okay. I don't. I, I. I'm ashamed that I don't have his name in front of me, but I can't think of it. Hello, this is Flemdy Gargoyle again, reminding you. That Patrick is the worst podcaster on the face of the planet. This is a horror podcast that he doesn't know Matthew Lillard's name? Why do you people listen to this show? He is an agonor... He's an agorgosaurus, agorgosaurus, I don't know words, English is very hard. I'm just a little cute gargoyle. Where are those buttholes? I want to eat them and kill them. I'm ashamed that, uh, would bang. Oh, for sure. I'm not ashamed of that. Really? Yeah, I feel great about it. You bang Shaggy? Yeah, I'd bang him. I'd bang him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. (laughs) I I have no shame about that anymore. Thank you. You convinced me. (laughs) It brings you you one step closer to Freddie Prince Jr. So. (gasps) Then what are we? so smart. And what are we all doing but trying to bang our way to Freddie (laughs) Prince Jr.? (laughs) Just to get to Sarah Michelle Gellar. (laughs) Oh, I would bang Sarah Michelle Gellar. 
Oh, I don't want to bang her. I just want to hang out with her. <laughs> I would, I would stab her with a wood. While banging with, her husband. Steak. <laughs> How long would the conversation go before you accidentally called her Buffy? One second. <laughs> About thirty. Hey seconds. Buffy. No, uh, the com- fuck. The conversation would be like <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> And also I loved her you husband's in- dick was in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I loved you in Ghost Whisper. Is she listening? Is she, said, she wasn't on that. <laughs> Wait. Oh, that was Jennifer Love Hewitt. That was the other one. Uh-huh. The other one. Uh-huh. The other <laughs> I know what you did last summer, Gail. Yeah. 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 And what I think is cool, kind of cool, too, like after the murder stuff and the court stuff happens, normally that's where the movie would die, but it still continues to be funny. I, that's where, okay, once it got to the court, I thought that's the part it could have been sped up. It was still funny. I still really enjoyed it. It, but it could have been sped up a little bit, but that's when it had points to make. Yeah. I just, yeah. That's where I was like checking my watch, being like, you know, where Did are you we see that? Now? Did you see that? She just said fuck you to me. Did you see that? She just said fuck you to me. Let the record show I am merely standing here. <laughs> Let the jury notice that I am simply standing here. She's great. <laughs> Unflappable. What was with the like the thigh master moves that she was doing under the table to get the skeezy guy to uh, be on her side? Like, I think she was slashing her hooter at him. I think she was pulling yeah. a Sharon Stone on him. Yeah. Because he's a pervert, even though he likes, you know, I mean, I guess he's not particular about who's underpants he's sniffing. It's not just jurors. He's into whatever. Marvin Pickles ain't picky. In a picky pickles, no, sir. It was just so not hot. Like, it was so weird. <laughs> like, there was no attempt at being, like, seductive or, or anything. It was just full on, like, here's my veg. Here's my veg. Here's my veg. Here's my veg. I mean, he, was, he, he, didn't, he didn't seem like his taste level was that high or his standards were that high. <laughs> That's so, very true. Like, any set of genitalia flapping in his face would be game. <laughs> <laughs> like a hummingbird, just like, like, exactly. flapping in his face. <laughs> oh, I something like the worst part of this for me, which I know this is um, kind of the current times now looking back on things. The uh, the chicks with dicks. Yeah, last night we found in your trash can this magazine, chicks with dicks. <laughs> that like it just made me really sad to see, you know, that's. Trans people have come a long way, but that's how they were referenced. People thought of them as a fetish, and they just thought they were chicks with dicks. But it's also coming from John Waters, who has, throughout his career, employed trans people yeah. in his movies, even though they're exploitation. But, you know, whatever. But, you know, he's always been a friend of the trans. And I guess that's just what they were called then. So it was the 90s. <laughs> Hello, this is Flemby Gargoyle again. How many times do I have to interrupt this podcast? You see, because this would have been a perfect place for Mr. Patrick to point out that John Waters has made a lifetime point of rejecting political correctness and saying that it is a problem. And if you get offended by his work, he goes, I don't give a fuck. You're supposed to be offended by my work because then you start talking about it and then you have conversations about these taboo subjects that nobody wants to talk about. They're just glossing over everything and making everything nice and simple so that these things don't get discussed. But now we're discussing them and it should be good. Leave John Waters alone. Leave John Waters and Flemdy Gargoyle alone because I am really tired of talking to you shit faces. Defensive way to take down that person. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's part of the shitty part. Yeah, and it, you know, you can do both good and bad through and, and you know, we have to understand okay, so in the a, context. But. In, in a fucked up way, though, it was sort of affirming, right? Like it was how she 
she got off like it was it was in her favor because the moral is what you read doesn't matter. No, 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 no. no. The that was exactly, how she That's what she said. Yeah, don't judge a person by what you oh, what they read. That's exactly what she said. But but like the reason the way she discredited him was because of that like no one believed him. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, that's the video you watch or whatever or the magazine you have." Like and that's how he became uh like not a viable witness or whatever. Oh, my mother fucking fuck. That is not the way she discredited the witness. You see, she discredited the witness because she proved that he lied. She asked him, what am I going to find when I go through your trash can? And he was like, oh, time. My wife subscribes to the ladies' home journal, Sports Illustrated. He did not mention, I also read chicks with dicks, which made him a liar. He purposely omitted it, which made him a questionable witness. He's lying about himself. What else is he lying about? See? And is, in fact, his shame about being attracted to trans people is what is discrediting him as a witness. If he had just admitted it, then maybe it wouldn't have been a problem. Maybe everyone wouldn't have left him. So maybe they wouldn't have been because chicks with dick sounds funny. It rhymes. It's funny. But you know what? The concept might have gone through the jury's audience. Never mind. <laughs> I hate you all. I mean, seriously. If you think I like you, I hate you. And I'm going to shit in your mouth one day. Just know that. Know that. And this is why. And I'm starting with Mike and Kyle. First the butthole, then my butthole, then your mouth, then my poop, and you're going to eat it. She did the same thing with recycling. So, yeah. Yeah. Trans people is the same as recycling? I don't know. I got nothing. (laughs) You know what? If you're not recycling or you don't like trans people, you're an asshole. (laughs) Absolutely. That's true. Well, and you're not a Bible witness. Dismissed. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, uh, one the the word that I think I hate the most in the English language is cocksucker when used as a pejorative, and that of course on those phone calls happened so many times, yeah. and uh-huh. uh, so I find that kind of problematic, uh-huh. especially because John Waters is one. Hello, oh he's a big one, absolutely, <laughs> he's the first one to admit it. It's like it's <laughs> that mustache is just black cum. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Just fermenting on the top of his lip. Exactly. There are generations on my lip. <laughs> oh, gosh. Look at the time. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Now, where, where do you go from there? <laughs> where, where do you go? Where do you go? I was very proud of myself because I my dad's favorite movie is Marathon Man. And so I understood that reference uh, to yes. Marathon Man. And it was hilarious. But I don't know how many people would get that about like the teeth pulling it's a fairly common film Is it? I, if you don't get it fuck you that's what i say <laughs> <laughs> wow aggressive stance against people who have not seen marathon man or at least know about it most people know about is it safe it's a famous hollywood quote so i only know that because my dad like would say that to me and i'd be like i don't know what we're doing like i don't know what's <laughs> happening and then we watch the movie and now i and this is why your butthole won't open this <laughs> <laughs> the problem started that very day. <laughs> See, we're Are learning we... things, not just about a life about each other. We're learning about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Growing and learning. Welcome. Come on in. <laughs> the water's fine. <laughs> Are we supposed to believe that Sam Waterston is a masochist or a sadist? I mean, a sadist because of that, that scene. Like, where was the Novocaine for this court? I didn't know if that was where just, was like, the... based on the time. They just didn't do that, and they were just like, I don't It was know. the 90s. You don't think we used Novocaine in the we, 90s? No, I'm, sure he, he, I'm sure he already had his Novocaine. We didn't need to see that. 
It just still hurt. I think he was just being a big baby. And it just and, and the, she said it's a tiny filling. What are you crying about? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. when they well, showed the inside, it didn't look like a tiny filling. It did not. He was like prying his tooth out with pliers. It did not look like it was trivial dental work. And the way they blocked that scene was funny because Sam Waterston was like four feet away from him, like thrusting the drill into his <laughs> mouth. Like like every dentist I've ever had has been like inches from my face. Mm. And he had least. that he had that huge picture in his office of the giant tooth, that pop art tooth, which was just terrifying. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't remember that. No, it's this big, like Andy Warhol style tooth is dominating one wall of the office. Yeah. I think whenever I hear the and like of a dentist thing, I just can't. You close your eyes. My yeah, <laughs> I just, my, my eyes, my mouth, my butt, they all just close right up. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I picked this for you guys just because I, I don't know you guys and I didn't know if you liked what kind of horror movies you liked or anything like that. So that's why I picked this one. I'm glad you somewhat enjoyed it. Would you call it a horror movie? No, I, I, but but it fits in the it, – it's it's something that someone would could watch on Halloween and yeah. be perfectly satisfied. Yeah. And horror movies have a big role in, in the movie. The son watches them and it's oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. supposed yeah, cause of his behaving at school. and. Uh, God, I'm so tired of that, man. That never, that, that totally was me. Always in trouble for that. For watching horror movies? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I went to Catholic school and they were always on me. He's like, he's of the devil. I'm like, yeah, but not in the way you think, bitch. And by the way, I'm <laughs> blowing you in a parking lot in about 10 years. Don't you remember me. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, wait. I hooked up with like three members of my high school faculty long after I graduated. And wait, like, why I, why are we talking about Serial Mom? Tell us about that. <laughs> one by one. <laughs> oh, no. To get that dirt, you're going to have to invite me on your show, hunty. I was in a bar on Long Island, and this guy came in. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. That's my <laughs> teacher, who I hated. <laughs> and I loathed him. I loathed him. And he walked over, and he glommed onto me immediately. He's like, hey. And I'm like, hi. I, and I just decided he like wanted a drink. I'm like, okay. I'm like, let's see where this is going. And he said his name was Joe, which it was not. And he's telling oh, he me all about himself. You? No, he didn't recognize me. <gasps> oh, man. None of them recognized me. And it went, he's going on and on telling me all about himself. Lies, lies and lies and lies. And he's buying me drink after drink after drink after drink. And then eventually he's like, so you want to come home with me? And I said, no. And he said, <laughs> why not? And I said, because you gave me a D and <laughs> no, you can't give me a D anymore. Uh, uh-huh. And by the way, you should probably put your Roman collar back on. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. insane. I mean, yeah. he taught so he probably was uncut. <laughs> no, foreskin Joe? Great. All right. <laughs> I'm with you. That, that, I was, I, that was never going That was never going to be. That was one of the ones I didn't hook up with. But I mm. <laughs> And but, so you'll never uh, know. Uh, no, because like my, I will talk about this till the day I die. But my my high school was like child predator central. Ooh. But never me. Well, that's good. No, but no, but <laughs> for forty years, my brother went there in the seventies, and I went there in the eighties. My nephew went there in the nineties. My another nephew is going there now, and it's all the same story. Nobody yeah. listens. Nobody listens. It's the same fucking game. It's creepy, and nobody does anything. It's just that the teachers. The kids get expelled if they complain, and then the teacher gets moved to a different school. Ugh. 
Catholicism, well, everybody. Catholicism. <laughs> it's what God intended. <laughs> uh, I told my parents. I told my parents that they said I was making it up. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Anyway, so I just brought the show down. Well, I Serial mom. Serial <laughs> mom. Okay. New theory. Mm-hmm. John Waters has Nostradamus level powers of prophecy mm-hmm. because I'm certain that he knew Bill Cosby was doing what he was doing. And that's why that line is in there when she returned. He asks her, the lady comes in and he says, did you return Ghost Dad? And she says, I just love Bill Cosby movies or whatever she said. And uh, that's exactly what she said. The, the, the way that it was delivered, I was like, oh, this is aged poorly and they knew. And that's why? Because huh. at the time, Bill Cosby never put out a good movie. Like every movie he put out was awful, like notoriously awful. So if you like a Bill Cosby movie, you're an awful person. But now you're a doubly awful person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I, the fact that it didn't age well is really, really hilarious to me. Yeah, no, it's an, it's an extra layer. Yeah, in yeah. the movie, not in his mustache. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck! And we're back. All right, I think, boys, we've done serial mom. We did. We did. I think we did. I think we had a nice yeah. little discussion about it. We're good. I didn't, I I think, didn't wear a condom. A what <laughs> now? I didn't wear a condom. Yeah. So if, I don't know what grounds for murder. <laughs> yeah, so I think we've done the movie. So now, where can people find your show if they're dying to find out more about what makes you gayish? And if they, in fact, are gayish themselves. So our or website... just want to find out more about your butthole. So. <laughs> no, too much. You'll find out all kinds of things about Kyle's butthole and, and many other topics equally important. Um, <laughs> our website is gayishpodcast.com, and you can find us by searching for gayish on all major platforms, Spotify, whatever excellent all right so thank you boys for joining me this evening thank you so much for turning out for the countdown to halloween potathon and thank you especially for helping the kids at new alternatives a cause near and dear to my heart so thanks for a lot to me that you showed up yeah absolutely i would love when i can give back by just talking I'm trying to think of something sassy and nothing's coming, which means it's time for me. It's, 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 this is, yes. Can you tell I've done three shows today? Can you tell I've done three shows today? Because I've just ran out of steam. So thank you, boys, for joining me. And before you go, I just got one more thing to say to you. Okay. Since it's October now, pretend with me. Okay. Oh, I'm there. I'm there with you. The sun's going down so early. Oh, God. The happy Halloween. Nothing. Not even a little bit frightened. Did your buttholes clench? Now then, forget it. You're fired. Get off my shelf. So, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, that is going to wrap up the entertainment portion of episode 280. My thanks once again. My deepest, deepest thanks go out to Mike Johnson and Kyle Getz from the Gayest Podcast for coming on, helping out the kids from the alternatives, and just putting out a real bang-out section. And I can't really stress this hard enough, and I don't know if I've made this clear in the show up until this point, but if you haven't, checked out the gayest podcast and you're a gay man or even if you're not a gay man and just interested in a great podcast I highly encourage you to do so because not only is it just a great fun filthy entertaining show but 
I've been thinking like as, as men in general, not just gay men, we're not ever encouraged to talk about the things that we might be insecure about. Just stuff it all down, butch it out, be a man. And I'm not saying like this gets all weepy and emotional and stuff, but this, just to have a place that addresses something like this and, and makes you makes it okay to look at those things and see how other people in the community feel. It, it's not just a fun show. I think it's an important one, a very important one. Like, like for instance, imagine if you will, there's this guy, huge homosexual, I mean, flaming. I mean, he just loves, 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 loves flashy, splashy musicals. But his deep, dark secret is he also loves horror movies. Ew. Ew. Gay men aren't supposed to like horror movies. And this poor guy spends like 20 years of his life hiding his VHS copies of scary movies under his bed like they were porn because his friends made fun of him. Yeah. Hi, my name is Patrick. And I'm gayish. I'm gayish and so are you. So please go check out that show. Show them some love. Okay. I. A lot has happened in the interim from when I was speaking to you last. Um, it's been an extremely rough day. I found out. Hey, remember my friend Georgianne? Georgianne Strakosh, who I talk about on the show all the time. She guested on the Dance of the Dead episode. And the prom episode, she's my prom date with Debbie Gibson, all that stuff. Well, we found out a couple of hours ago that her former husband, Richard, passed away. And I'm not going to say that I knew Richard really well, but they were good together. I mean, yeah, they were divorced, but it was as amiable a split as you could match. But he was a good guy and... Well, Georgianne, I've known her almost my entire life now. And that woman is more family to me than my actual family is. And well, anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out of sorts and way behind schedule on both projects I'm supposed to be working on. But we got to keep doing what we got to keep doing. Life keeps marching on, unfortunately. So um, this episode is dedicated to you, Richard, wherever you are. Sail on, my friend. You'll be missed. Oh, God, it's Christmas, too. Fucking A. All right. Well, as if this didn't get depressing enough, you have a homework assignment, whether you've donated or whether you have not donated. I'm attaching in the show notes and on the webpage and all over the social media, I'll be attaching links to that film I was talking about earlier. No, 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 not Serial Mom. I'm talking about Any Given Tuesday. Just give it a watch. Share it, if you would. Spread it around a bit. Because as schmaltzy as it is, it does get the message about what we're doing here across in an effective and efficient way. And I hope that watching that will motivate those of you who've been a bit slow donating to the cause. Hopefully that will, you know, hopefully that'll grease your wheel a bit, for want of a better word. And, oh, fuck, I'm looking at this speech that I wrote. I actually wrote something out for the show, which I never do. Explaining in this really enthusiastic and what I think inspiring way why I have assembled these last few episodes the way I've done so. And I'm looking at the words and I can't say them right now because I... 
I hurt too much to get that enthusiastic right now. Okay, so um, so I'm going to stumble my way through a reasonable facsimile thereof. Here we go. All right, this is, this is this is we're getting to the end of the pod. We're getting to the end of the fundraiser now, and we are nowhere near the goal that I set way, 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 way back. The goal of four thousand dollars. And I was hoping this last two weeks that I'm really going to push things, you know, put the pedal to the metal, digging deep, and push, push, push towards the finish line. We we could still get there because it is the holiday season. It is the season of miracles. And that is why I have deliberately rearranged the order of these episodes. So that all my you know, hard-hitting homos are here in the back stretch. Because we're going to need a miracle to get to that $400,000 to give to the kids at New Alternatives. But I also know damn well that, that if there is magic in this world, there is no magic more powerful than Christmas magic. And there ain't nobody better at Christmas magic than a bunch of queens. And that is why I've done all this. Anyway, please, if you haven't done so already, head on over to bit.ly slash sqpod na or bit.ly slash sqpod fb. Scream Queens Podcast New Alternatives or Scream Queens Podcast Facebook and donate. It is really hard putting the finishing touches on this episode because my heart is just on the floor. Right now, but life does that to you, you know, unexpected twists. You never know where you're going to end up, you know. But that's when it comes in handy to remember the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel, baby, because that's where you are right now, Patrick Walsh. Pick up that face and finish this damn show. All right, let's once again thank Mike and Kyle for coming out and doing a great show. But I also have to thank everybody at Squadcast for putting out a great product that makes recording these remote kinds of episodes, so much easier, even though this one was not recorded with and Flem the Gargoyle had to step in. Please use his link. Check it out. Tell them we sent you. Of course, thank you to Captivate for making podcasts super easy because I can't deal with anything more complicated right now than what they've got going, and that works out quite perfectly. All right, I got to knock the blues right out of my system because next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, do you know who's going to be here? We've got some more big gay guns coming in because next time I'm going to be joined by the final girl herself, Stacy Ponder, and her evil yet somehow benevolent sidekick, the fabulous Mr. Anthony Hudson. And you know who they are? They're the motherfucking gay lords of darkness. That's right. The gay lords of darkness are going to be here on my show. And we're going to be talking about the 1978 made-for-TV shit show cruise into terror which is intermittently available on youtube it might be there right now it might not be it's definitely worth a watch so go check that out if you can be here on friday because the party's gonna start up and hopefully no one else is gonna die in the interim because i've had enough right now okay thank you very much so until next time my beautiful 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 screamers put on your sunday best when you feel down and out and Continue to make the world a creepier place, even if you have to sing musicals to get through the blues. And never, ever forget that Scream Queen's golden rule that I just mentioned. Fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel, baby. Because unfortunately, you probably don't know it is your final reel. Wow, that was grim. Oh, I love the music.
music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.